Hello, and welcome to the 21st episode of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingber, and I'm your host. Special thanks to Media Temple and Expand the Room for supporting the show. This week with me, I have uh, Tim Smith, a self-taught developer, podcast host, and the co-founder of GoodStuff.fm. Welcome, Tim. And for the people who don't know who you are, why don't you give a little bit of a background on yourself? Hello. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I am Tim Smith, and uh, like you said, I'm a, a designer and a developer. I co-founded a podcast network earlier this year in March, Good Stuff FM, and I also host another podcast called The East Wing, which is hosted on Five by Five, which will uh, end next next week. It's coming to its end. I know. I'm so sa- I'm, I'm sad, sad to see that, that go. Oh well, thanks. That that, that means a lot. Uh, but yeah, that 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 about sums me up. All right, so. You've been on the web for a long time, you know, doing web development and stuff. I, I love to find out from my guests, you know, how did you find, how did you make your way to web development? Ooh, web development was not on my plan, I would say. I went to college when I was still in high school and I majored in radio and television at the beginning. And then with time, I took a Photoshop class. And the instructor there, he said, you know, I think I think you would do really good in another class I teach. And I decided to take some other classes that had to do more with graphic design. I never thought that I was a creative person. I never thought that I was uh, an artistic person. And and therefore, I, I wasn't really interested in things that had to do with design. I thought I wasn't going to be able to do it. And it turned out that I really liked it. I enjoyed it. And, and I kind of had an knack for it. So I, I started taking more design courses at, at my community college and, and that's how I got got started into design. And then my path to development was was very much uh accidental as well because some professors had had told me, you know, a lot of students are creating portfolios. You really should have a portfolio for yourself. And a lot of the students had done PDFs, interactive PDFs. But I thought, well, I think it would be really cool if I did a website. And I didn't know anything about HTML and CSS back then. So that's when I I started diving into HTML and CSS. And I remember for the longest time, I wanted to do something in Flash. So I had had somebody help me out with some Flash stuff. And um, at the time, there was also this service called Wix. Which I was on. I think that's. And I'm, I pretty, also used, I'm pretty sure that still exists. Yeah, I, I <laughs> think that's still out there. And then I also used Weebly, uh, which was which was fun. And then later I I discovered WordPress, and and that's that was more more the path that I took into learning HTML and CSS and and actually learning how to code myself. That um, that is pretty. You know, that's a story that so many people have uh, that I've spoken to is that like they kind of like mistakenly stumbled upon you know but um obviously you're you've grown quite good at it uh otherwise i probably wouldn't be talking to you on the show but um (laughs) what was it you know what was it like for you as you started building out websites like how did it feel and like what kept you know what kept you motivated uh to you know keep going what how okay how did it feel I really enjoyed the web from the beginning and I think I still enjoy it in a lot of ways although I've I've very publicly expressed my my concerns with web design and with our industry and and with my personal burnout in terms of 
in terms of what I do. But uh, I, I feel that what was exciting to me at the time and what continues to be exciting for me now is the technology behind it. And for a lot of people, it really bogs them down, the necessity to continue updating themselves with technology. And they view it more as work, whereas I view that uh, as my hobby. I, you know, I, I love, I love technology, and I, I love to read about technology, and I think that that has allowed me to stay current. What we do as web designers, and and that for me will has been and will will probably always be exciting about about web design. Um, it's it's really, I mean, it's it, it's one of the most exciting careers to be in because it's rapidly changing, and you. You have to sort of stay on your toes. You can't stagnate. Otherwise, you're going to get left behind. You know? That's true. But I, I'm wondering, you know, for a beginner, it's very hard to get started and it's very hard to sort of to figure it all out. I'm wondering how you sort of figured out to go from HTML and CSS to Flash to then to, you know, WordPress and then, you know, so on and so forth. And now I know you're working in Ruby a bit uh, on the Good Stuff platform. So I'm wondering how you sort of figured out that na- how you navigated that path. Oh man, that's a good question. I I don't really know. I don't really know. I think. Um, uh, give me a second here. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to. I had to cough. No, um, it's okay. Thanks for thanks for excusing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you notice I have a cough button? I didn't. I mean, I, mean, I noticed. I noticed that it went silent. So I figured you had something. <laughs> um, I thought it was like a little mute button or something. You know. Eh. You know, that, that's what I, awesome. that, that's what I like to use the mute button on my Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. So the, the, the question was sort of how you navigated, how I navigated, yeah, that path. how you navigated that path. Cause I think <clears throat> so many people, it's, it's hard to figure that out. Right. I, I think it's, again, I think much of my, of my work and, and my career has been accidental in the sense that I, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I think what helped me and what guided me was definitely people taking chances on me in terms of jobs. Uh, Early on, when I was young still, there were a couple of people that hired me that I think they had no reason to hire me, no reason to trust that I could do the work. And yet they did. And because of those people, it, it helped me understand what I needed to learn what I what I wanted to learn and and therefore has carved a path that I think has been interesting, exciting and 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 has taught me a lot. So I'm, I want to talk about your sort of your learning process, you know, and learning to code. I know it was kind of a hodgepodge and, you know, back in the day, you know, no, I don't want to say back in the day, but probably when you were starting out, there weren't these, you know, so many platforms out there for learning. And now there's any right. number of them. And I've I've tried them all. I've spoken to a lot of their company founders and whatnot. Um, but how did you go about learning to code? Like what books did you use? What tutorials, you know, really stuck out to you or was it sort of, you just dove in, you know, I'm wondering, I like to know how people did it. Um, that, I, okay. I don't, I don't really know to tell you the truth because I think, in terms of in terms of video tutorials, there weren't really that many when I started. Treehouse didn't exist back then, and 
uh, Think Vitamin actually, I believe, existed already. I mean, this was only five or six years ago. It wasn't that long ago. No, I know. Uh, Code School wasn't wasn't. I don't think it. They were they were up and running yet. But to be honest, most of the introductory HTML, CSS, and WordPress that I learned was from from Chris Coyer. Uh, Chris Coyer had and still has some amazing screencasts. And what I always loved about Chris's style was the fact that you felt like you were learning together. You felt that it was very informal. And a lot of the screencasts out there now are very formal, very edited. And, and that's fine. And, and that is geared to our specific audience. But I really, really enjoyed the, these informal screencasts that that allowed me to feel like we were learning together and, and really made me feel like Chris was, was kind of a friend. Uh, even even years before I I actually had a chance to to speak with him. That's 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 some good advice. I mean, I've I've used Chris's stuff and I think it's great. I also think it's great to sort of fill the gap with Chris's stuff between like the really beginner stuff and the more advanced stuff because his stuff right. takes it to a new level that the beginner stuff is not this the more formal stuff is not getting at yet because there's not the biggest marketplace for it. Yeah, um, I mean, I never I never read books. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> I in school I didn't read books. I think I can name maybe three books that I I've read. I don't think I've ever read school. books that I was assigned to read. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. yeah I, like I go read... go read the Scarlet Letter. Not a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't I didn't read many books in terms of in terms of web development or learning. Uh, so a lot of it has been from doc documentation and and from tutorials and from just figuring it out lots of views of course which yeah uh, so, that, that's you know that's a that's a developer's friend yeah it is so you just mentioned documentation um right and documentation is like the keys to the ca- keys to the castle right but getting figuring out the best way to read and understand documentation is so difficult i think i yeah. find that sometimes there's like it's super confusing. It's, you know, and there's no, you know, there's no real standardization for it. How do you, do you have any advice or tips for navigating documentation? I'm getting much better at it recently. Um, I'm one, I just figured if you ha- you mentioned it. So if you have any tips, that'd be great for some beginners too. Uh, I don't really have any tips. I would say that I think you have to get really good at Googling things, uh, very specifically. I also think, you know, um, I, I think the shortcut is command F. I think that's like find in page. <laughs> yeah. That's one of your best friends because I, I, I will not lie and say that I read the whole documentation. No, I, I just look no, at the parts. I don't think that, anybody does. I don't think. Yeah. I, the, I look at the parts that are relevant to me and, and that sometimes is difficult to find. And also that, that also means sometimes that you're going to have to read a lot, but, um, but yeah, those, those have been my two, clues or keys uh to to find in page and you know be more specific with my google searches and uh uh stack overflow has actually been amazing <laughs> for sure uh, and and has helped me in a lot of situations especially with with the ruby on rails uh stuff that i've been doing recently so you do a podcast and you do you have tim likes to teach and you have the bold report, you have good stuff, you have so many different platforms and you're really an active participant in the community. I'm wondering how important 
uh, the community was to you in your, you know, in sort of your learning process. And do you feel, do you feel a need to give back to it? Oh, that's a very interesting question. I, I think, yes, the, the, the community that surrounds the web is very, very helpful and very nice for, for the most part. Yeah, I was going to say for the most part. Right. And, and I think, um, my activity in the community isn't isn't so much to give back. I, I think, you know, I mean, I could say that and sound really, really cool, uh, but I, I don't think that that's really it. I think it's just I think as as a whole and as an in- industry, we're better when we share information freely. And and that's that's really the, the reason why I am active, because I, I like to sh- share uh, whatever knowledge I've, I've come across. And 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 even if even if no one else benefits from that, I find well, it's at least good for my own self documentation of of my learning and and of how far I've come. Awesome. So I just want to take a quick break and uh, mention my two sponsors for today, and that's uh, Expand the Room. Uh, special thanks to them for sponsoring this week's episode of How to Hold a Pencil. Uh, Expand the Room is a boutique creative agency that specializes in developing amazing digital experiences and brands. Uh, total disclosure, I started working here at Expand the Room a few months ago, uh, and it's been truly awesome. I'm excited to tell you that Expand the Room is on the lookout for new and emerging talent. Head over to expandtheroom.com slash careers to learn more about available opportunities. In your application, be sure to mention How to Hold a Pencil. Also, a special thanks to Media Temple. Media Temple's grid service has been ho- the web hosting choice of more designers, developers, and creative professionals than any other platform. That's because a single grid account can host anything from your portfolio site to 100 different client projects, and the grid is ready for anything. Hundreds of servers work together in the cloud to keep your sites online, even if they suddenly hit the front page of Reddit. It's all managed from uh, through their own simple contr- custom control panel and backed by Media Temple's 24-7 support. Special discount for How to Hold a Pencil listeners. Use promo code PENCIL, P-E-N-C-I-L, in all caps, for 25% off your first month of web hosting, go to mediatemple.net and enter your promo code upon sign up. So thanks to Media Temple and expand the room. Tim, I, are you, you know, are you okay? I'm good. <laughs> you you need a breather after that one? No, <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good. I you know, I don't I, I value my sponsors and they're so important. Me, and, Media and, Temple is absolutely amazing. They've uh, been such a, a huge support for me and uh they they're just they're yeah, just great. They're great. I love and, them. They're great for sponsoring my show, and they're also great because they're a great. They're so helpful. I mean, especially yeah. for beginners. Like, I had an issue in one of my in one file, and I couldn't figure it out. And then all of a sudden, I was on the phone with their support. They opened the file. They're like, "You have a space here, and you don't need a space here." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> wow! I've been looking at it for two hours, and uh, they That's were rough. they were fantastic. So, uh, watch your spacing and your semicolons. So, Tim, <laughs> um. I want to talk to you sort of about uh, your your your. Uh, uh, sorry, I just lost my total train of thought. That there was right. a gun. That's what so, I'm No, it's okay. So why? So learning's code has become like a hot button issue, and I ask a lot of my guests why they think people should go out and learn web development or code in general. Right. And and you're asking me that. Now. I am asking you that. <laughs> well, I I think it's helpful. Uh, I gave a talk recently. Well, it wasn't recently. I gave it in September of last year at 
BlendConf. And one of the things that I said was that you cannot reach your full potential without knowledge of the medium. And I, the only thing, the only reason why I remember that is because someone tweeted that at me the <laughs> other day. <laughs> um, but I, I really do agree with myself on that one because I think that that's, uh, that's a very important thing. When you are working on the web, if you are a designer and you do not understand at least the code that powers your designs, I think it's very difficult to be a good designer. And, and the reason for that is because I feel that to be a good designer, you have to understand how to create systems that don't break at large scale. And, and understanding the code behind that really, really helps you do that. Nice. So for someone who is taking your advice and is starting out on the web, where do you think they should get their start? Oh, man. You know, that's a tough question because I think when I started in this, life was a lot simpler. <laughs> and and I think that that's just not the I, case now. I thought it was just five years ago. I know. I know. But, <laughs> but things have changed. It's things have true. changed no, so it's drastically a, it's so in true. five years. And when – I mean when I started – uh, all of this talk of like preprocessors and and Angular and you know all these other different JavaScript frameworks didn't exist. They didn't exist yet, and so we're we're in a we're in a time where I don't even know what to recommend to someone that's barely coming in uh, because I feel like nowadays we expect so much. Of of even our our you know junior level designers or developers that it's it's so difficult. But um, I would say that with a basic knowledge of HTML and CSS, if if you if you make that a foundation, uh, front end development is going to be a lot easier. You can transition into other things and you can learn things um, uh, going on. You know going going in the future with that foundation. So, so that's that's what I would say. Um, so where, so learning to code, as you know, is difficult and it's a process and it keeps, it's something that you have to keep at, uh, what advice, uh, what would you tell someone starting out to keep them motivated? Um, that's a really good question because I think I, I myself am having trouble <laughs> answering that question. I think as I say, you just started. You're launching a. Po- you're in the process of starting a podcast network. You can't say you don't have motivation, right? <laughs> well, the thing is, I have motivation for doing a lot of different things, and I think that keeping motivation in terms of doing web-related things has been very difficult for me recently. But I would I would say that what motivates you is is the need to put you know bread on your table and and provide for for your needs and uh and i think that that that's what keeps me motivated you know i want to be able to pay my bills at the end of every month and and hopefully not have to play credit card roulette you know (laughs) so it keeps me motivated to stay current and i mean a lot of people will tell you that that what keeps you motivated is a love for what you do and I think that with with time, I, I disagree with that more and more because loving what you do is great and all, but it's it's kind of a sham the more you think about it. And and in in my personal opinion, I think that what keeps you motivated is wanting to do good work. If you want to do good work, you'll be motivated to to stay current with things 
um, even when it's difficult to do. Because the truth is that you can't always love what you do. And the truth is that work is work at the end of the day. And, and sometimes you don't want to do it. But it's, it's work. It's so true. I think a lot of people in my, you know, my generation all you know, graduate college and they want to find that dream job, that it's something that they love that they do. And they, they miss out on that idea that there's also – you have to work. There's like right. – there's it's twofold. You sh- obviously, I'm not saying people shouldn't love what they do. Like you should obviously do something that you love. But you have to realize that it might take some time to get there. Um, right. So – you know, what advice, uh, or if you could go back to yourself at the very beginning, you know, five years ago when you were first starting out on the web, uh, what would you, and I ask everybody this, uh, what would you tell yourself? Oh, if I could go back to when you were getting your start, I would tell myself to, to not spend so much time working. That's what I would tell myself. Why would you? Why would you tell yourself that? You're like one of the first people I've I've heard tell themselves that. Yeah, I think uh, because the the truth is, I I think that that work, and and this is obviously, I mean, this is a this is a more recent change in in my own personal uh, opinion of myself, but I think. Uh, you have to you have to work to live, not live to work. And I think I, for many, for a long time, for many years, really, uh, I didn't understand that balance between uh, work and life, and maintaining your relationships with family and friends and and your faith. And and I didn't do a good job of that. And uh, and if I could redo that, that's what I would do. I would redo spending so much time with work. When in reality, at the end of the day, I mean, does that does that make you feel satisfied with your life? I I, I truly don't think it does. Wow. So you you've been freelancing for a while now. Um, you know, what made you make that jump from working for somebody full time to doing it on your own? <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I I thought I think I I think I can work a little less and make about the same amount of money. So maybe I should freelance. And and also it's interesting, but I think I wanted to take on different clients. I think um myself and and my employer, we had different objectives in the term in terms of the clients that we wanted to work with. And I I wanted to work with smaller businesses. I wanted to work with people that really, really cared about what they were doing and didn't just have, you know, multi-million budgets to just throw at people. And, you know, which is stupid, right? Because I think to a certain degree that, I mean, the, the multi-million dollar budgets really sounds nice. And, and of course, your paycheck looks great. But uh, I didn't I didn't want to do that. And I think also, I wanted to start doing more things than just WordPress. And, and the last job that I had, we were working on a lot of WordPress. Um, but don't get me wrong. I, I love, I love the, my previous employer. They're, they are amazing people. Uh, we, you know, I, I definitely left amicably. It was great. But I, I thought, you know, it's time to challenge myself a little and, and take on projects that I, that I want to take on. 
I mean, I, I think this is an industry where uh, taking on projects and taking on challenges uh, is essential to growth. So I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think you're an idiot for leaving. Right. I think, you know, I think it's it's something that you got to, you have to, you have to keep pushing yourself forward. Otherwise you're not going to, you know, you're not going to progress in the industry or, you know, in yourself. And I think we all have to make, keep making progress. So I want to, obviously I want to talk to you about good stuff, uh, .fm, which is your new podcast network a little bit, uh, you know, cause I think projects are what keeps us all going. Uh, what was your motivation to, you know, launch a podcast network? Oh, um, I wanted to create a network where we created quality content and we had fun while we were doing it and where I didn't feel, I didn't feel uh, constricted. I didn't feel like I was being treated like a child um, and I didn't feel stressed out. <laughs> and, and I wanted to do it with, with nice people. And I wanted to do it with people that I thought, well, when when we bring on shows, we're going to treat hosts well and we're going to treat them with respect. And we're going to honor the fact that they're putting a lot of work into making these shows. And and I think that that's that is the biggest motivation behind good stuff is not only a place for all of us to house our content together, but the culture that surrounds what we do that's awesome and i think i think the network is gonna i think as it grows and as the shows get better and the number of shows grow i think it's gonna it's gonna totally be a new a new space uh for great podcasts um what i i really i really think it no i i love a lot of the shows that are on it and i love a lot of the hosts that are on it you know i've been listening them listening to many of you for a while so it's it's awesome um what since you know we're talking advice for people beginning, I would love to hear your advice for somebody who's just starting out uh, recording a podcast. Uh, I charge for that. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm I, uh, I'm taking notes just so right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who is just starting a podcast. Um, my my suggestions. Well, I mean, it depends greatly on the show, but I think. No matter what show you're doing, I think you, as someone that is starting out, you have to find out what you're trying to accomplish with the show, what you want to do with the show, and what topics you want to cover with the show. I think it's also important to ask yourself if this is something that you could do longer term. And when I mean that, I say, I mean, when I say that, I mean, are you willing to dedicate a year or two years to this and really make it good. Also, do you think that the topic that you've chosen is enough for two years of shows? Because sometimes you can pick a topic that is such a niche topic that your topics can be limited over time. Um, I'd also say to not worry about the download numbers. To not worry about the listeners. If you're doing something that you really enjoy and you feel that you're putting out the best product that you can, you're, you're putting out the best show that you can possibly make within not only the constraints that you're, you're going through, 
uh, and, and your circumstances and, you know, <laughs> most likely the lack of money uh, <laughs> behind the show, be happy with that. Be happy with that because uh, that in and of itself is is already a huge accomplishment. So it's so true about the money thing. It's like you you should not be in in the podcast business for the money. Um, <laughs> uh, so in the last couple of minutes, I like to ask all my guests uh, a couple of questions. Uh, what is the fi- what is your favorite thing that you've built on the web? And oh, is good and stuff. and is it oh good stuff? Is it yeah? Why, why why is that your favorite thing? Because because of the people that I've built with everything else that i've built is by myself and and good stuff was the was the only thing that i've built with other people that i really really enjoy and it's been such an amazing experience i you know i wouldn't uh, i i wouldn't trade that for anything i mean you mentioned tim likes to teach earlier yeah and that was a project that i was so enthusiastic about but i mean where is it now it's it's defunct you know it's (laughs) it's been it hasn't been touched in months and the reason for that is because I hate doing all these these things alone. Uh, uh, I, should, I wanted you, to do something with other people. You should pick up the charge on that. We that's something I think I think more people I think I think you are you teach valuable lessons, uh, and I think you, I think that's something you should pick back up again. Oh, I I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's expensive to run that thing. I, yeah. I've got to tell you. I'm sure. Um, all right. So, what does the future hold for you? What does the future hold for me? Uh, I hope I hope a, a transition to doing more shows, to doing quality shows, and uh, and yeah, focusing focusing more on on things that I that I really enjoy and 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 uh, try not to work too much. You know, I I, I don't I don't need <laughs> I don't need a lot. So, all right. And the last question: uh, Where can people find you on the internet? You know, Twitter, website, that kind of stuff. I am T. Tim Smith on Twitter, and you can find me at theboldreport.net. Awesome. Well, Tim, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Um, I want to thank Media Temple and Expand the Room for sponsoring the show. Uh, and I want to thank all of you for listening to this week's episode of How to Hold a Pencil. You can follow the show on Twitter at Hold a Pencil, uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at Ruben Ingber, R-E-U-B-E-N-I-N-G-B-E-R. Uh, And once again, thanks to my guest, Tim, and I will see you all next week.